Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Hit your three free throws because they free. Nick Kreider here, joined by Josh Fisher, Alex Asopoulos. NBA draft was yesterday, gentlemen. And, uh, you know, we obviously knew who the number one overall pick was going to be. And it was really emotional for Victor Womanyamba. And it was a great moment for him. Josh, you were saying that you were so not shocked, but it was awesome that a first that a French player was taken number one overall. And, you know, we were looking back at years prior and I asked you, would Tony Parker be number one overall in his draft in the 2020 or the 20, 2001 draft? Um, and honestly, the only guy that I can think that would have been taken ahead of him would be Pau Gasol. That's the only one that we saw because those are the two only Hall of Famers. But um, looking back at the draft, I've got some questions for you guys because, you know, you're a resident basketball analyst and you know more than I do about this sport. Um, who are your winners so far? Give me uh, maybe your, your top three winners. Do you want to do you want to kick it off? Are you as happy about what the Mavs did as I am, Toss? We didn't really discuss further on it last night. Um, yeah, I'm very happy with what they did. I think it's a similar situation to some of the other quote unquote contending teams um, and some of the more true contenders, you know, teams like the Celtics and teams like the Suns and the Nuggets. There's always moves to be made and it's not just the draft that sets things in stone for those teams. So I think I, I'm I'm really happy with what Nico Harrison did. It seemed like, and Michael Finley, because he's our associate GM, they had a, a real plan. And I think things progressed in the way that allowed them to execute their plan, which when you have the 10th pick and you don't have any other draft picks, um, I would say the likelihood of you having a plan and then being able to execute exactly what you wanted to do doesn't often happen. So we also addressed need and we moved back and we moved off of Davis Burton's contract. So I, I think it was a big win for the draft or for the Mavs. I think if you were doing letter grades, it's hard not to give them at least an A minus. Um, and yeah, we got a wing who can defend. We got a big man who can be our rim runner and catch lobs. Um, I think the, the heaviest criticism with him was, you know, he did, he wasn't quite as productive as people would have liked to have seen. Uh, at Duke, he only averaged five and a half points and five and a half rebounds. Um, he only played like 23 minutes a game, though. And I think he's an untapped potential type of guy that, you know, the comps were maybe he can become Tyson Chandler if if he, you know, fills out and uh, reaches his potential. But no, I, I'm really happy with the Mavs draft. I, again, hard not to be because we, mm. we did a lot of the right things. Yeah, I, and I'll kind of piggyback off that. Uh, the interesting you bring up Tyson Chandler because he's also part of that 2001 draft that Nick and I were talking about uh, last night while we were watching the draft together. And while we were watching the draft together, one of the things that paused our conversation for Derek Lively was him set was the announcement that he had set the record and the reminder that he had set the record in the Duke UNC game with eight blocks in that game. Um, you and I had tossed in our on our Amazon Amp show had discussed the possibility of the Mavs drafting Derek Lively. Uh, and I think it was one of the guys they could have gone out and got. Uh, and them moving back, getting out of the Rattan's contract, getting that trade exception, turning that into Holmes and Prosper, 
prosper. Look, you, I'm not saying he's going to be Dorian Finney-Smith, but that's a guy that you guys traded last year for Kyrie. He's going to be better than Dorian Finney-Smith. I'll say so, it right now. He's so great. Better coming, he's better coming into the NBA at the things Dorian Finney-Smith ultimately got traded for and was valued for by the Nets and by, by the Mavs. He's a better three-point shooter already than Dorian Finney-Smith was in college. He's bigger and he's more athletic. So, mm. uh, and he has the same level. Go watch that guy's tape. If you, if, if anyone watches that guy's tape and doesn't like what you see, like, I, I don't know what to tell you because the guy just competes and he's, he's a warrior. Like he gets out there and he's a freak athlete and he's six, eight and he's like 235 pounds and he's got seven, one wingspan. So mm. we'll take yeah. all those measurables. That's for sure. And uh, another team I liked, you know, what they did staying with the defensive side of things. I really love what the Pacers did. I thought taking Walker at eight, and as of right now, like Miles Turner, Buddy Heald have been in trade rumors for, I mean, as long as they've been been in the NBA, both those players, no matter where they've been. Uh, Buddy Heald has been moved now twice. He's on his third team. Um, for me, though, looking at what the Pacers have, Halliburton, Matherin, Heald, and Turner, getting Walker to slide in there with Turner, creating a really tenacious defense um, up front, the tenacious D as I just called him on a quick TikTok I made uh, for replying to somebody wanted a Mavs draft reaction. I was like, all right, that's easy. I love what the Mavs did. Uh, but the Pacers I thought were really nice too. And Ben Shepard was a guy out of Belmont. Again, not a lot of tape you're going to see during the regular season, but he's a guy that if you watch his tape and you watch his scrimmages uh, leading up to the draft process, unbelievably active, constantly moving on both ends of the, on the floor. And I think is a veteran quote unquote veteran college guy that Carlisle can plug in off the bench uh, and he could serve as a serviceable back. He could start as a serviceable backup to Matherin, to Halliburton uh, and a guy that you can really throw at, you know, throw people out of defense to give those other guys, two guys a rest. I, I really like what they did there in Indiana. So yeah. we got Indiana, the Mavs, and do we throw out a third team that's a winner? I had a couple, but if you want to get in there, Alex, and give it, give another team, go for it. Um, I like what the Jazz did. That was my other I, team. I think uh, a front court now, if Hendricks can, if he can turn into a starter, Hendricks, the forward out of uh, UCF, if you're pairing him alongside Laurie Markkinen and Walker Kessler, and your three, four, and five are all six, nine, and taller, and all good rim protectors, and all versatile switch switchable defenders. Um, that's a tough draw for any offense in the Western Conference. And then Keontae George, who is the all-time leading scorer at Baylor for a freshman, um, I, we were really, really impressed. We we got to watch him, of course, in probably more games in the regular season, less so like in draft prep. Um, I was always impressed with him. He, he's a bucket. I mean, he scores really efficiently. Um, he, he's, he's a strong kid for how young he is six, four, maybe six, five, but I, I like that, you know, they could pair him or, or, or spell him with Oshai, uh, Agbaji, who we also got to watch a lot out of Kansas. They kind of just need a point guard. And then I really like their team for the future. Um, and, and maybe they go and take a swing at a guy like Fred Van Vliet. In my opinion, I don't think they need to rush it, but I really liked what the jazz did. Um, I worth mentioning, not necessarily like where the team is right now, because I think they have a lot of question marks, but just looking at the draft, uh, you know, through a microscope, the Rockets taking Amin Thompson and then getting Cam Whitmore at 20, who a lot of people thought could have been the fifth overall pick to the Detroit Pistons. Um, my opinion, I wanted Cam Whitmore at 10 for the Mavs as he fell down the board. I'm not, you know, I'm not super critical of it because I think, again, the move that we made was really, really great. And the fact that that many other teams passed on him 
a little bit of a red flag in some regards. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to complain about it, but to get that level of prospect at number 20 for a team that's in no rush uh, to win now. And my, my one thing is, is while I would expect that the fit would not allow him to flourish because now this is a roster that has too many young guys. They do. There's too many young guys. I think they have 13 of their roster spots already filled out. They've been rumored before the draft even started that they wanted to go out in free agency and go bring some vets into the locker room. Guess what? You don't have that many spots for vets at this point. You might have to make some trades to free up some roster spots, um, which I think they should do because I think ultimately what this team is going to have to do is figure out which guys are their future and which guys do they want to give the keys to. And this might be a hot take out of B, Josh. I'd love to get your opinion on this, but I would maybe... I would maybe consider moving off of KPJ and Jalen Green and have Cam Whitmore and Amon Thompson be your core with Alperin Shangun and Tari Eason and Jabari Smith going forward. Well, yeah. I I mean, first at of all, least, I want to... At least moving off of KPJ. I want to quickly just touch upon your jazz point. We saw Keontae George, even when he was when his shots weren't falling against us, he was a guy, if you guys remember, in that Baylor, when Baylor beat us midseason, like January or so... How many times did that guy get to the line? Constantly attacking the basket, attacking our interior. And we were a good defensive team at Texas. He was really active. And they also brought in Bryce Sensabaugh, a guy toss. I mean, I you know, my pseudo Ohio State love, more so in football, I'll admit, than basketball, especially when Ohio State basketball is not good. But he's a guy that I got to watch. And then Toss, he's a guy that you really uh, liked throughout the season. And if he's healthy, which he, he wasn't for a lot of the season, the reason why he dropped 28, Bryce Sensabaugh is a guy that could sit on the outside and really hit threes if he gets the opportunity to do so. So I thought the Jazz absolutely crushed in the first round. But I can't – we'll start with the – first of all, I think Shangun, hearing how other – Paul George – on his podcast talked about him hearing how other vets talk about him to me i would almost say that he has the highest upside of anybody on the on the rockets roster so far because of his positional value and what we've seen these bigs do is he going to be the next jokic i don't know but like his trajectory is like okay like he's moving in the direction of one of these bigs that's going to be a premier playmaker score is good defensively can really do it all so you have him Tara Easton's a guy that we loved last year. I think he's a set piece at the forward. I don't know if you need to be that drastic and move off Jalen Green. I think you could have Thompson, Green, Smith, Eason, Shangun as your five young core. I like that. With Whitmore off the bench. I'm with you, though. Like, look, now you have Christopher, who's valuable. You have Ty Ty Washington, who still has some valuable. You have KPJ. You have Kenyon Martin Jr. You have those four guys who kind of are like, you don't need them all. You don't need all those dudes. Like, Well, you guys have- can't develop if they don't get an opportunity to play, too. And when you have 11 guys that are that young, someone's got to be on the court. Someone has to be off the court. And you got, Yeah, you got more it's gonna hinder. It's going right to hinder now. someone's development. Yeah, I love that. I love that tweet that came out of the charity stripe. Got a lot of, got a lot of run. But it did, get, it did get some decent run last I- night. I was a little scared as a Mavs fan, as a guy who really doesn't like the Rockets, knowing what kind of guy Ime Udoka is, knowing what being a potential top seven pick and then falling to 20, what kind of chip that can put on your shoulder, the kind of marriage that I think might happen between Cam Whitmore here and Ime Udoka might be something that's really terrifying for the league. Yeah. 
Any any big steals in this draft for you guys? Outside of Whitmore, I mean, we could go to the we could touch on the second round. I mean, the second round was such a mess, dude. Nick, what's your biggest? Just to reiterate for the people, what's your biggest criticism of the NBA draft? The trades. It's it's awful. Like, (laughs) oh, like we have a trade that happened a couple of minutes ago. Uh, So the rights for this guy are going to this team. But this guy is going to be wearing this hat for the rest of the night. And he's going to (laughs) be doing the interview and and making his his special moment with the team. He might end up playing for the rest of his career in a different hat. Like, it's so stupid. Just trade the pick to the team. Let the team pick. Like, it's ridiculous. Confusing. It's incredibly confusing obviously for any of us watching the draft, but more importantly, like you said, Nick, to the kids that are getting drafted, Derek Lively doesn't know he's going to the Mavs until 12 minutes after he's already shook yeah. Adam Silver's hand. I mean, not like they care, honestly, but like at the end of the day, like... Well, I some of the guys obviously like the team that they get traded to, but like Kaysan Wallace, who we technically picked, grew up in Texas. And was really excited like when he first thought he got picked by the Mavericks because he yeah. thought he was going to his quote unquote hometown team. Now I think he's he's okay with going to Oklahoma City. They have a great young core. Close but enough. <laughs> these guys only have yeah, right. These guys only they only get drafted one time, you know, and it's it's yeah. a shame to see that happening. And if I see Shams tweeting who the pick is before Adam Silver has even announced it, why can't someone be in his ear telling him that Derek Lively is going to the Mavs at 12, not to the Oklahoma City Thunder, or Kaysan yeah. Wallace, rather, at 10. So then he he go get someone hands him the hat. Look, he doesn't have to do anything except say that this team picked this guy. It's not that difficult, but it really it really puts a blemish on the whole night. And I, I agree. And it makes it so that guys like us, we kind of have to wait until the next morning to talk about it. Because and you can literally go listen to any media personality that talked about the NBA draft last night. If they did an NBA draft recap, they got some pick wrong. They were confused by something because you can't not be. Just fix it. I don't. I really don't understand the meaning of it. Like, why is it a thing? The James Nanji pick is the biggest one to me. Like, he was. Were you pumped? In. That were you were you pumped for a second, dude? Like, I'm. I. I. But I. I. I had no. I left as a Celtics fan. This morning, I'm like, okay, we have Jordan Walsh. <laughs> which I was like, okay, that's a good pick in the second round. I'm, I'm happy with that. Like we get a defensive guy back in there to I love repl- that pick to replace Marcus Smart. But I like, yeah, I like it a lot. He's like, a, he has an identity as a young player. But yes, dude, I I'm watching that. It's like this guy to this team, that guy to that team. I mean, we saw. I thought you want to talk steals. I thought the Nuggets, dude, like somehow, some way, they ended up with a lot that I liked. And but that pick was announced. This that trade was announced this morning that I got the notification for the Julian Strother trade. I thought he was in Indiana up until this morning, and I find out this morning that he's in Denver. So the trades are ridiculous. But, I mean, if you – just back to your original question, Denver and what they did with Strother, Jalen Pickett, you know, just getting a couple guy, Hunter Tyson from Clemson, getting guys in the building, young dudes that are, you know, that have been in college basketball for a bit that can shoot. That if they work out great, if they don't find they're not desperate, they just won the title. But we all know what Denver has at its core with Jokic, MPJ, Murray, and Gordon. And it sounds like that core staying intact heading into next year. It's like, all right, if we lose Bruce Brown, like can Julian Strother, we have Christian Brown, can can you know, can Hunter Tyson pop off? Can he be good off the bench? Can Jalen Pickett, who was pretty good at Penn State, be coming off the bench? Like we have these veteran kind of veteran college guys coming in for Denver. So I, I thought everything they did was pretty nice. 
Okay. Love it. Any, uh, any losers in this draft? People that just completely whiffed on their pick or just made a super surprising move that just didn't make sense? Yes. Who? I thought it was an absolute loser move by the, by the Blazers. Take, to, take, to take Scoot? No. To take Chris, to, 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 to take Chris Murray one pick ahead of the Kings. That was a loser move. That was okay. a loser move. Because his brother's on the team? Yeah, they, and then the Kings trade the pick. They would have taken his brother, for sure. For sure, they would have taken his brother. And they would have not have I don't know. I think I, as much as they would have liked to pair the brothers together, I think they would have liked to have moved off of Rishwan Holmes' contract like they did. It's true. Paid him 12, paid him 12 million. Um, I like that pick, but I do honestly, I like that pick for the Blazers. I think if you go into the draft and you said, Hey, we think that if the Blazers use their pick at three, that Damian Lillard is gone. And then they end up with Scoot Henderson, who for a lot of people was the number two prospect in this draft and in a different tier than Brandon Miller for some people. And then you also say that you got Chris Murray, who's a three, four who can shoot and defend. And you look at what his brother did this past year, Keegan, for the Sacramento Kings, and he was crucial in taking that series to seven against the, the Golden State Warriors. It's pretty. It's as enticing as you can get it for Dame, in my opinion, for him to stick around. And I know he doesn't want he doesn't want to wait for these guys to develop, but Scoot's ready. He played two years in the G League, and Chris Murray he was a he was an upperclassman coming out of Iowa. So these guys are more ready than than some of the other projects, like the team that picked it too who I think, while I don't dislike many of the players that they drafted, I don't necessarily know if they're the right guys for the Hornets. And the feelings and sentiments I have about the Rockets are even double when I look at the Hornets roster. And I firmly believe that they picked the wrong guy at two. And one of the stories of the draft, and one thing that we don't get to get, and we don't have the insight of, there's no recordings of these interviews when these guys go and talk to these these teams. We see some of the the, t- the tape of their workouts, some of the highlights. If you get if you're if you go to the combine, of course you get to watch those guys. There, there's there's pressers where they get to talk and whatnot. Um, it's really interesting to me though to watch what happens post draft, where Monic McNutt is sitting down with these first round guys and asking them questions, asking their families questions, and kind of what what kind of presence these guys have. And I don't knock any of them for not having kind of that NBA star presence because a lot of them are 19 and 20, but when they are that young and they do have it, it's a bit of an indicator to me. And Mm. Scoot Henderson, when he was asked like what Portland can expect said what any team would want to hear their new star player say that he's a dog. And then he's going to treat the fans of Portland and well, and he's also going to take care of that community. I mean, you can't really ask for a guy to say many things better for, if, if he just got drafted. And, and to be honest, Josh, I don't know what you think, but Brandon Miller is kind of a weird guy, man. I, I can't get a read on him. He's I can't get a read on him. Nick thought he was nice. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of like, like a nice guy. I, I like soft. Do you mean? Yeah, he just seemed I, like a nice guy. I don't know. He seemed nice. He, seemed, he didn't seem like a guy that was like. He didn't a, seem like a guy who was involved in a murder. I'll tell you that. <laughs> he did not exactly. He didn't seem like an accessory to murder. That is for sure. I okay. just thought it was weird that the first thing that he said was, "I think I have a lot of friends that that are going to be happy for me." Like that was the first thing that he said. I mean, you, the, you also have to consider that they're 19 years old, dude. Like they're not 28, 29 year olds. They're not like vets in the league. Like yes, they've been put on a pedestal, and yes, they like. But like he's been the man his whole life, and like. 
he's 19. Like he's he's he was in high school two years ago. Yeah, I just thought it was a weird thing to say. No, I, I I said that. I said I get that they're 19. I'm more impressed by the guys that show the mature. I mean, like we talked about Victor Wembanyama and what kind of maturity that guy has. It's it's at another level. Another yeah. level, I will say that. Uh, losers, though, I think people are pegging the Magic as a loser, and I'll push back on that because I like Jet Howard, and I think he could score the Rocket. I think he's a good shooter, and I think Anthony Black, who Toss was higher on than I was is another good it's a good shot like it's a really good shot at a player who can be a really good facilitator for Boncaro for Wagner for a guy like Jet Howard who really just has to sit there and, and score the basketball and he's a really good defender like the Magic are still a really strong defensive team um and yeah I mean they could have taken Lively uh you know they could have they could have taken Lively as well at, at 11 and put, sat him behind Wendell Carter but I'm happy with the what the Magic did, and I think they were pegged as a loser. I don't think the Hornets went wrong, though. Like, look, dude, they suck. Like, taking Nick Smith at 27, a guy that was in the lottery for half the year, like, that's, like, a good shot. Like, that's a good shot at a player who could be really good. Brandon Miller could be really – he could be excellent, dude. He's the SEC Player of the Year, one of the best players in college basketball. He's phenomenal. Oh, I, I think he will be a good player. I just – I believe that Scoot Henderson will be – will have a better career than Brandon Miller. I don't disagree. Like, I don't. I think the I like what the Warriors did. I did Pazimski. That was nice. Like, I don't. I, I love what the Nets did with Noah Clowney. Him and Claxton together is really fun. I, maybe the Whitehead pick was a bit of like a shot in the dark. I'm not obsessed with the also, high man. Also, a, also a guy that was preseason projected lottery pick. Number two Whitehead. recruit. Yeah, I, I mean yeah. it's a good shot in the dark. Actually, now that I now that we talk it out loud. Maybe the Heat, Nick, yeah. Jaime Hawkes. Like, I get what they do there. I, like, yeah, I mean, I think, classic, I, like, I think honestly, anyone that they pick is probably going to end up working out for them. I know. Did you like um, Kobe Bufkin toss quickly? Um, no, to that Hawks. was going to be like if there was a team that I kind of laid into. And this is also like, look, I want all these guys to be good, and yeah. I want them to work out. But um, I'm not like. Lundy was fine at Penn State, who they picked in the second round. Okay, it's a second round pick, whatever. Bufkin, he, I just, I don't know, man. I, they, another guard for them? They have Bogdanovich, they have Murray, they have Trey Young. Is this guy going to play? Like, how are they going to get? The, he can, he can defend, which is the good thing, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're holding on to Trey, and hey, I know you traded for Dejounte Murray, but it doesn't mean you can't trade for him again or trade him away again. Honestly, it's true. It's 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 really it's a viable option always. He's a very tradable player. Um, so maybe there's a future there for Buffkin, but I just felt like we don't know with DeAndre Hunter yet. And Dick was on the table. <laughs> Dick was laid on the table, man. And, uh, Dick on the table. No, he he wasn't. He was gone. He went to the Raptors at thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, he was gone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. So he's gone. Uh, yeah, right, I mean, right. But Whitmore was there. Like Whitmore was there. Yeah. Uh, what teams do you think will find themselves in the top five next year? Mm, good question. Not the Timberwolves, bro. Leonard Miller, epic pick out of them in the second round. Uh, I was just looking at that on my other screen. Um, okay. The Wizards. They, they might want to be. The, they want to be the first overall pick. That's for sure. They're going to be terrible. Is there a consensus on who number one is supposed to be next year? Not not team player. Like, is there a Victor Boyman Yamba in this next draft? No. Boozley's maybe. 
Yeah, it's it's Mat- Matis Bazelis, which he's Zealous. like a six like ten kind Is of he like Serbian. No, he's from Chicago. I think he, he grew up in the States. Yeah. Um, Lithuanian he, Chicago. It, is he playing in the G League, Josh? He's going to the G League, yeah. Yeah. He's like 6'10", Nick. He can do a little bit of everything, shoot, handle, pass. You know, everybody wants the next Luka. Everybody wants the next Giannis. Everybody wants the combination of the two of them. They want Jokic. They want a guy that can do everything and also bring the ball up, which he can do. Um, but I got to see more from him. For I gotta sure. see. I gotta see more from everybody. It's a good question because I gotta see more from all these guys coming in. There's two guys going to Kentucky. Uh, Nick Aaron Bradshaw, the big man. Um, he's seven foot, so we'll see what kind of damage he can do. Justin Edwards, the forward. Um, I'm gonna, you know, be looking out for him as well. I mean, unfortunately, the guy that was supposed to go to our school, Ron Holland, is now gonna be in the G League. Like, but if I'm like, if he's gonna if have I a good, throw- he's gonna have a good shot to go first. The way that I feel about it right now, if I threw Ron Holland into this draft, like I don't even, he's like back, he's like 10 to 10 to 13. Maybe yeah, this upcoming draft is not, I'm telling you, I think a lot of people were like, I think people gave this draft, for lack of a better word, gave this draft shit because they didn't know. Look at the first round. Like Nick, Nick turned to me and like he was like, when was the last time we didn't see? a guy from Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, or UNC go in the top 10. And we went through all – that's what that's what got us going through all these drafts. And it was like, no, no, no. But there's like three or four times where you didn't see that. And then maybe like but, – but if you did, there was a UCLA in there. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like there was like all these big schools like France, Bama, G League, overtime, overtime, Arkansas, France, Houston, UCF. Like these aren't – like people don't – I think people were scared because they didn't know it. I'm telling you, like you could go down the line. Like we're t- we're having a tough time. Nick's like, who's your loser? I'm having a real tough time finding a loser because I really like what everyone did. You know what I'm saying? I really am like, yeah. all right, everyone kind of came. Every franchise came in there and did their job. Who's gonna suck next year? Like the Wizards are gonna stink. I think. I don't. I think. I got to see what the Raptors do if they trade Siakam and, and OG, which they probably should. And they probably should jump back into that top five. Um, well, the Hornets. Hornets, Hornets, the Hornets, yeah. the Wizards, the Rockets and the, the Pistons and the Rockets may still be a little too young. And it's not there. It's not that they're t- that terrible. It's just the other team. These other teams are that good. Like, I still don't think the Rockets or the Pistons are better than the Jazz. Like, the Jazz had Market and who was an all star. They have Walker Kessler who could easily develop into a top five defensive center. I think for me on the Pistons, it depends on Cade's health, Cade Cunningham's health going into the season. I think, in the same way that I don't want to label the Spurs as a bottom five team, Victor Wimbanyama is a massive floor raiser. I think Cade Cunningham is a going into year three is a big, uh, big floor raiser. So that's why I look at a team like the Rockets. And I personally don't believe anyone on that team is as talented as Cade Cunningham. And so I, and from a winning perspective, like Jalen green is awesome. That guy might score 50 points two times next year, but and how it translates to winning. Um, I just don't know. So I would probably have the Rockets as like the fifth team. Okay. What about you had, I liked your Raptors pick, though. I think that's a really good pick. Here's a scorcher. Bulls. Because I think the Bulls... They're still looking to blow it up, right? They should blow it up. I know I'm... I'm, 
I know I am the sonny of the group, very trigger happy. And that's a Godfather reference, like ready to fight, blow it up, get it done at a moment's notice. But I'm telling you, bro, this bull, we know it, dude. Lonzo's not playing next year. So sad. Super, super sad. Yeah. You have Patrick Williams, actually, is a guy we all like. But DeRozan, it's time for DeRozan to get out of there. Don't re sign Vooch. Move off of DeRozan. Move off of Levine and reset. You are not, they're not a playing team, honestly. Like no. the, the Magic and the Pacers, as everything stands right now, could jump, could jump them. Could. Yeah. I think the Magic will. Pacers, I think, are a little bit further behind the Magic, even though they do have Halliburton. Um, it is wild, though, that the Bulls almost made the Eastern Conference playoffs and were, were winning a game in the play-in by 10 points against the Miami Heat, who ended up in the NBA Finals in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and then they blew yeah. that lead with like seven minutes left. I love DeRozan and I love crazy. Levine. I love those guys. But like... Would you like Siaka? Like, if I'm looking at the Raptors in comparison, we I just we just operate as the Raptors blowing it up. But if the Raptors don't blow it up, yeah, they don't sign resign Van Vliet. Maybe like they, that's another pick. Like I really like Grady Dick, and I think he's going to be a lot more than people just think as like okay, he's sitting outside from behind the arc and ripping threes. They could have taken Jalen Hood Shafino, who was still on the table, uh, and, and you know it was a guy I thought they could plug him back in to replace Van Vliet. But still. You have Barnes, you have Siakam, you have OG. If you go, you have Yaka Pertl, who's developing late in his game. I think, right? Yeah. He's still under contract, so no, he's an unrestricted free agent. He's unrestricted, so it's okay. Maybe you bring him back, or you don't. If you're depending on where your franchise is, but Siak, Siakam and OG, and Grady Dick and Barnes, I like that more than what the Bulls have. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I just last thing I'll say. Um, you mentioned Tuchifino. He ends up going to the Lakers. He played guard at Indiana. Um, I think that Rob Palinka right now is like he's played ten hands of blackjack, and he's he's not had a, he's not had less than eighteen on any hand. He's just like kind of on fire right now. I I honestly like the Lakers and the Clippers. I think both had good drafts. They really did. And the Clippers they didn't pick until late in the first round. But what they do when they get the opportunity. And some of it's just like trust, right? Like they just make it work with these guys. Like Kobe Brown played four years at Mizzou. I think he's going to come in and be a contributor. And same thing with Jordan Miller, like you mentioned. Like, I think oh was, my God, I just, that's why I just slapped my, I didn't mention Jordan Miller. I mentioned Leonard Miller. Oh yeah, they got Denver Jordan Miller though out of, out of Miami, who was awesome in the tournament. I totally missed, awesome. I'll admit, like, and I have no shame in saying this. I absolutely did not see that again with the craziness of the second round. He crushed us. He was great. Yeah. He was – how many – we want to talk about getting to the line. How many – I'm sorry. I'm, I know we don't curse a lot on our show anymore, but how many fucking times did Jordan Miller get to the line against my – no, seriously, dude. When we were sitting there at Thunderbirds in Culver City or wherever the hell it was, how many times did Jordan Miller get to the damn line? Yeah, a lot. A lot, dude. I mean, I mean I'm, that, looking at, I'm looking at his ESPN draft analyst right here, and like the leading paragraph is just talking about his game against Texas. 13 for 13 at the line, seven for seven shooting in the final four. Yeah. I mean, the guy to, was out. to go to the final four. The guy was in the biggest moment. The guy was lights out. That's a really good pick by them. That's a good pick. And you know what? Another guy we talked, look throughout the season, guys float in and out of the lottery, but Max Lewis had a pepper dime, which 
if anyone's listening, watching, if you've never seen Pepperdine University, not even on Zoe 101, God, be one of the most beautiful universities I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he was a guy that was in the, at the lottery at a point throughout the season. So it's a really nice pick by the Lakers. I mean, you're right by Rob Polenka. He's, he's at the blackjack table and he's an absolute fire. Hmm. Any closing statements on this draft before we head on to our immaculate grid game? <laughs> no, uh, no, I just, I'm I think good. that it's, it's important to watch what a lot of these teams do with their undrafted free agents and who they bring in for their summer league teams. Cause this was a very deep draft. As we said, it's also a, a deep undrafted free agency class as well. The, the Mavs um, signed miles McBride to a two way contract. I know you guys both know who that is. The, the guard from TCU, who had some incredible performances in big 12 play. Um, so teams can find guys. They can really, really find guys. Oh, Serge Abari Rice. Yep. He's two-way for the Spurs. Marcus Carr, two-way for the Suns. the Suns. So Dude. those guys, you know, rooting for those guys. Anything from Timmy Allen or no? I didn't see I didn't, Timmy Allen. Drew I didn't Timmy, see anything. Is Drew Timmy Bucks or Grizzlies? Like, don't. Um, Bucks. Bucks. He didn't get drafted, Drew Timmy? No. Did Edie get drafted? No. No. Crazy. Yeah, it's just like, dude, like he's just can't do he can't do a lot. Like it's just not valuable. Jalen Wilson like, Tuck, Fall got drafted, you know? Yeah. Oh, la- two last two closing statements. The last closing statement, because shout out to Jalen Wilson to the Nets. That that was a fun pick. Cavs. The only pick they had. Imani Bates. Look, there was he was the next guy. Yeah, that was, the guy coming out of high school. Yeah, so we'll see. He also fits a need for them. They had a lot yeah. of trouble there. So I, I like that pick a lot. Yeah. We sh- we shall see. Um, all right, moving on to baseball. Um, before we get to Immaculate Grid, just wanna give, you know, the quick update that we always talk about with the Arias, you know, batting average. Um, you know, the standings that we always try to do. Arias is sitting at three ninety seven right now. So it hasn't really uh, you know, tapered off at all. Um, your jurors... where did, wait, sorry, where, where did we leave off with the what? What did the three of us say about if he gets 400 and Acuna does 30 70, who wins the MVP? That's so tough. I don't know. Did we leave off with a decision there? I'm changing I, my mind. You think it should be him if he hits 400? It should be a, no, it should be Acuna, right? 30 70. I don't, I don't know. I, it's hard to say. Look, let's we've just, seen let's 30, just see how it plays out. Yeah, we've seen a 30 50. What the, I'm down by the hypothetical. I, is impressive. Okay, historical records are awesome. Okay, and we also got to consider war, though, too. Like, who's going to have the higher war? And it's going to be Acuna. I'm like, that's what they care well, that's, about these days. Right. That's what I think. Which one results in more winning baseball? And I would say Acuna's 30 70. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now, uh, Acuna, you don't get it. You don't get a run for hitting a single. You get a run. You get a. You get one run when you when you hit a home yeah. run, and sometimes Acu- more. There's a guy on base. Acuna is, is sitting at a three seven WAR, and Arise is sitting at a three one WAR. So they're not that far off, but the OPS is. Uh, I mean, Arise OPS plus is one fifty seven, and Acuna's is one fifty one. So right now, I mean, like in the like the advanced analytics, Arise is better stats. I don't know. We'll have to just see. He's still got a second half to play. Can I say one thing on? Can I say one thing that's veering away from analytics on it? Sure. This is a game that we talk about all the time as being one of the most, if not the most, mental game in sports. It is such a mental match. It is such a grueling season. It's long. For a guy to stay that laser-focused, that in it mentally, to be able to hit 400 
in today's game, when look, dude, like Tony Gwynn did it in the 90s, and the there was got like the Pedro Clemens, Randy, the guys electric stuff. But by and large, through and through today, guys are like Jordan Hicks and the like the Cardinals like backup backup closer going into the year it was is touching 104. Like these guys, and that's like, and he's not even like an, an elite pitcher. The stuff that you're seeing on a day to day basis uh, from these pitchers is kind of crazy. Um, and yeah. Rise won the batting title last year, but if he stays in that mental fortitude that that locked in throughout the entire season, and he finishes at 400. Throw the analytics out the window for me. That is an unbelievable feat mentally to be able to, to be able to hang in there under that kind of pressure. Because look, dude, you know it's happening. Like look, we saw with Judge last year when he got closer to sixty-two. Like all of a sudden he's boom, boom, boom. He got to sixty-one, and you're yeah. like, could he get to seventy? And like yeah. he kind of. Well, I mean, out. everyone's different. I mean, you could also choke in that situation and go completely dry. So you're just gonna have to see down the stretch. I mean, if he's gonna be able to focus in. I mean, we've got a whole second half here. But if you're talking about analytics and throwing them out the window, I don't think you have to because he's leading Acuna right now in the analytics. I mean, your your OPS is your slug plus on base percentages on base percentages out the roof. He's not slugging a ton, but like his on base percentage is crazy. Four forty seven right now. I mean, he's he he could. I mean, not five hundred, but like that's as close to 500 as you can really get right now. Mm. So it's, it's pretty wild. Um, but going back to the standings really quickly, um, the reds are red hot 11 straight wins. Pretty crazy with a negative run differential too, leading the top of the division. there, trying to create a little gap there. The giants finally suffer a loss. They had a 10 game win streak Padres hand them an L. Um, but the NL just seems, seems just to go back and forth. You know, it's, it's not like, uh, the AL right now where, you know, you're, you have clear cut leaders in each division. Mm -hmm. yeah, I need to see what happens at the trade deadline. Like, do the Cardinals blow it up? Like how hungry they should, the but if you're like, really like, do you, if you're the giants, if you're the Dodgers, do you blow it all up to go and get one of the guys from the Cardinals? Do they even sell in the NL? Do they have to go to the AL? Like our whole, our whole picture of what was going to happen in the trade deadline with Otani and Trout being available has fortunately, unfortunately for the franchise and for the sake of baseball gone out the window. Um, are the guardians going to make things? I don't know. Like the AL central, we were talking about the tigers, the white Sox. like everyone's still kind of in it there. Cause it sucks. So it's going to be very interesting to see how teams kind of make their moves in the second half. Yep. I feel you. All right. Immaculate grid. Let's do it. Yeah. Got you. You got it. Right. Up. I got it pulled up boys. All right. For those who don't remember uh, in previous days, if you haven't seen what we've been doing, Immaculate Grid, it's a great website that allows you to uh, pick players that played for each of these teams, uh, grid style. And uh, in terms of like the 300 average season and the 20 plus win season, that player has to have done it with the team that is in the same column or the same row. Um, mm -hmm. can't just be had a 300 or uh, had a 20 win season, had a 300 plus season. So I think this one should be pretty easy, right? Yeah. I, I mean, there's some difficulties in my, I think we should just, to how me, should we give this up? Uh, I'll go first, then toss, then you, Nick, and then you could swing back around. Okay. We've got a glaringly easy one here. I'm going to go with this over here. If that's cool with you guys. Okay. Wow. I was surprised who you were going to pick for that one, actually. Really? Th who are you thinking? <laughs> who else could you have really picked? No, but I don't think I don't know of anybody. Yeah, well, that was. Yeah. Well, it says twelve yeah. percent. You know, there's twelve percent other answer out there, right? True. 
it's got to be someone. Um, can I get can I get Wayno for twenty win season in St. Louis, please? Yes, got you. Good pick. I, I think the easiest thing here besides Babe Ruth is Pujols for Cardinals and Angels. All right, Nikolai. Um. All right. Let's see here. Three hundred average season for the Tampa Bay Rays. Um. Evan Longoria. Do you think he ever hit it? I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. I think it's I think tough. It's, I feel like he maxed it like a two eighty seven. That's what that's... like my guess would be like really? his career highest. I have a good one I, for that. I have I, a good. I, one. I don't know though. I think Nick could be right there. Do you have another one that you're sure of, Nick? Because I have one that I'm sure of over there. Well, you, you, I mean, call Crawford. I also... Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, Crawford. Yeah. I know. Yeah. All right. Well, that's... let's just stat check the Evan Longoria. But yeah, go ahead. He... Call Crawford. He hit two ninety four one season, Nick, and that was so he, never, he, ne- he never hit three hundred. He never did. No. Oh wow. I think two ninety four, two eighty nine, two eighty one. I think Crawford or Zobrist maybe would have been another one. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you, okay, Toss. You want to get one in there? Uh, yeah. I will do. Any any preferences for your boy? Um, we'll take if whatever, if you have something, go for it. Well, I've got a couple. Okay. Shoot. I'll do, I'll do Detroit 20 win season. Okay. Get, give me Jay Verls. Good one. Which has Verlander. never been his nickname before. Yeah. Verls. I'll, I'll throw uh Detroit and Rays out there. David Price. Excellent pick. Nice um, pick. I'll play it safe with the angels and hitting 300. I'll go Mike Trout. That was my other one that I felt like was a bit of a layup. Is it you again? This, I'm not good. Yeah, I'll I'll go Upton here. J J up, right? Yeah. Wow. So this is me. I feel this is tough. Who wants dude. it? It's a Whoever good thing wants- I was. It's a good thing I was just looking at this guy's baseball reference page yesterday because I would not have known this. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's all let's all throw one in there. Okay. So this I, is the last I'm, one. I'm certain that my guy is, but I also okay. looked at his reference page yesterday or two days ago, so I'm aware of that. Got it, got it. Um, all right. Let's think on this really quickly. I'm just trying to think of uh, like big Cardinals players, big Rays players. That did a stint on the other team. Yeah. Like Renteria, no. Eckstein, no. Like those are like the ones that are – tempting dude like the thing is the rays are kind of a new did franchise did edgar not he might have no he played on edgar played on boston is, is your guy a pitcher toss or a hitter he's not he's a hitter okay um that's right josh i was he, detroit was the the weird the, col- the, the color the well it's the, team. The yeah, colors. The color. yeah colors of the wind name that movie pocahontas <laughs> good movie honestly i like pocahontas i put in my top 10 disney movie really I like the like the og disney movies not like the great great Pirate songs Caribbean. in that one great songs. really good really good music i've, good I've heard score. uh i've heard melissa mccarthy crushes it in the little mermaid i heard she's really great ursula yeah, no doubt ursula. i want to see that do you okay toss you have one nick i don't know like i'm not gonna lie to you guys like i'm gonna admit i don't know I really don't 
have one for this. I want I want to find one. I want to get one. I think it's really hard, honestly. It's I, a, this is tough because if, the race. If I had, if I didn't have ride. this guy, I don't know who else like would fit in this. All game. right, let's just you you put your guy in there and let's and let's look. Let's keep thinking. Go ahead. Uh, Randy Rosarina was initially called up by the Cardinals. Wow. It was that Matt the is that the Matt Lever tour trade? Yes, right. I think so. I mean, I don't even know if he played more than 30, 40 games. Yeah, there you go. But that, yeah. This okay. That was the toughest one. So I'm glad we're not okay. And he was the pick. That okay. was this. These are the popular. So we went with we hit, the all. We hit the most the, popular picks. Wow. Yeah, which was the? I mean, this was. I don't know who else that could be. I mean, maybe someone from like the 1800s, <laughs> the early 1900s. I mean, maybe Otani this year. <laughs> Does Otani have a shot at 20 wins this season? No. Um, wait, players who played for Cardinals. And Rays. That's what we're looking up. Who are the players that play for the Cardinals and Rays? That was like super tough, honestly. Um, Do you think there's anyone on their current rosters? I'm sure we're going to find guys like. Okay. Can you see my screen or no? No. No. I'll did move it did, to the... did uh, Carlos Martinez? Carlos Martinez. Waka. Michael Waka. Yeah. Randy Wynn. Ty Wigington. Jesus, dude. Tommy Pham. Uh, Tommy Pham would have been a good one. Oh, I actually knew Ty Wigington played for both those teams. I just wouldn't have thought of Ty Wigington. <laughs> Isringhausen. Oh, okay. He, he, Julio Lugo would have been a good one. Tino Martinez did stints on both. Corey Dickerson of recent. You said uh, Randy Wynn. You said Randy Wynn. Yeah. Wow. Honestly, dude, Edwin Jackson went in doubt. Mm. <laughs> yeah. He played yeah. everybody. Octavia Dotel and 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 Randy and uh and Edwin Jackson went in doubt. I'm trying to see if there's quickly any other pitchers that just did time there, but uh pitching. Bobby Witt Sr., I guess. I don't know. Is, is, is his, did his dad play in the league? I don't, actually don't know that. I don't know. Um, but fun game. We'll keep it going next week. Best game. We love you know, it. It's a lot of fun. Um, I love how people text what, me, you would love this game. One of these days, someone's going to stump us, but can't do it. Not yet. The power no, of I, the three. I don't think the power of the three of us were going to get stumped. Ever? No, because like you're not, I'm not going to let you. You're there's like between our knowledge and between like you, us not letting each other fail at it, like calling each other at, like, hey, like, whoa, with that pick, or like, we're not going to flop. Today, we could have, to be honest, though. If, if Toss didn't, if Toss didn't look up a Rosarina, what would it like? I think eventually I would have got the Tommy fam. Yeah. And now I would have been, I think eventually impressed. we probably would have gotten Edwin Jackson. We'd be like, been hey, impressed. let's list out pitchers from the from the Rays. Oh yeah, Edwin Jackson. He's just yeah, like not top of but, mind though. But I think Edwin Jackson is one of those guys where it's like he's played for so many teams that you're like, oh, did he play for those teams? 
Yeah, like him and Octavia. So you guys, uh, how do you how do you guys picture right. him? I picture him as a Ray. Is that not what y'all picture no. him as? I picture him as either a Diamondback or a White Sox. Yeah, I picture him as a White Sox. All right, let's let's go through the teams. So we've got the Rays, we've got the Cardinals, we've got the Diamondbacks, we've got the White Sox. You guys want to list the other teams? I'll throw the Padres out there because he did a stint with the Padres. Um, Dodgers. Dodgers. Yep. Yankees. Six. Uh, no Yankees. The A's for sure. The Tigers for sure. He was an all-star in the Tigers. He he was with the Tigers, yes. And he was with the A's, yes. Nationals. How many, how many total teams? The Nationals, yes. Uh I have to I have to count. I don't it's like all I, I have his reference up here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, we'll have 10, his Wikipedia. 11, 12, 13, 14 teams. The twins? No. Jays, Marlins, O's, Pods, A's, Cards, Braves, Jesus, Diamondbacks, White Sox, Tigers, Nationals, Cubs, Dodgers, and Rays. So, Toss, I mean, you picturing him as a Ray would be correct. That's where he spent his most of his time. Early on. Early on. But it also might be me getting colors confused in Detroit and Tampa and thinking that he's also a Tiger. Just he was a he was a Cub for a long time. That was I think. Dodgers, Rays, and Cubs are this are his two longest, three longest. That they are. Um, all right, gents. Well, I think we'll rock it and roll it head into the weekend. Good stuff. Good NBA draft talk. Good immaculate inning. Let's do uh, it. Enjoy Tasso, uh, Tass, and enjoy the wedding. Nick's going to a wedding tomorrow. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat or Mazel Tov. Sorry. <laughs> no, it'll still be With Shabbat Shalom. With shabbat right now, it's Shabbat Shalom. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be a Shabbat Shalom. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Hit your free throws. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.